You are listening to the Mindful Minute, meditations created for everyday joy. I'm Meryl Arnett, mama, meditator, and co-owner of Sacred Chill West. This podcast is recorded from my live Monday night meditation class, where we have a brief discussion followed by a 20-minute guided meditation. Welcome, y'all. As many of you know, at Sacred Chill West, we create a community intention every month for all of our classes to focus on as we teach meditation, yoga, yoga nidra. And this month's community intention for the month of May is awake to the transitions. Awake to the transitions. Now, this phrase really stems from teachings that we, my business partner Octavia, and I received from one of our teachers, Tracy Stanley. And she continually uses this phrase as the reminder not to go back to sleep. When we wake up, when we learn something about ourselves, don't let yourself get pulled back into old habits or old ways of coping just because things get hard or scary, even in the midst of a pandemic. So I've been reflecting on this, how do we stay awake to the transitions? How do we stay awake as the moment-to-moment shifts under our feet? And right in line with this thinking, I listened to a recent episode of Radiolab's podcast. Y'all know I love Radiolab. (laughs) And in this episode... They were reflecting on a question posed by famous physicist Richard Fenneman, and he asked this question all the way back in 1961. He asked, if in some cataclysm, all of scientific knowledge were to be destroyed, and only one sentence was passed on to the next generation of creatures, what statement would contain the most information in the fewest words? And then, of course, he went on to answer this question in his own brilliant physicist way. But Radiolab took this a step further, and they went out and asked a myriad of artists, musicians, scientists, creative thinkers, this very question. And what was so interesting to me about the response was the vast majority responded in some way with the word fear. Fear is the thing that most people want to tell other people or other creatures or other beings. This is the thing that limits us, that holds us back, that paralyzes us, that keeps us from our potential. And that we must have a willingness to respond creatively to fear. And so this whole talk today is based on the question, what do I do? when I feel I can't handle what's going on? What do I do when I feel I can't handle what's going on? And I'm willing to bet all of you have an immediate answer because how many of us have been sitting at home for weeks on end feeling like we can't handle what's going on? And so we do the thing right? We all have these coping mechanisms. Maybe it's shopping, maybe it's TV watching, maybe it's eating or drinking or drugs or talking on the phone too much. Who knows? We all have these mechanisms and we use them to avoid feeling uncomfortable. 
we use them to go back to sleep rather than stay awake to the unknown. And of course, the problem with this is, is this is fake control. Coping mechanisms are a pseudo control that becomes actually like a prison, boxing us into our own neuroses. We couldn't possibly let go of our beliefs. We couldn't possibly let go of the actions or escape mechanisms that we've created because what is left would be way too scary. We become increasingly terrified of the possibility of freedom. Now, happily, meditation does tell us there's another way. Meditation reminds us that freedom doesn't come from resisting or blocking our fears, but it comes from getting to know these fears well. So today, we're going to get to know our fears. And in many traditions, the teachings within a meditation practice are that there are three main ways we protect ourselves from this fear of the unknown, from the fear of uncertainty. The first one is the one I already referenced. This is the method of escape that each of us has. So someone shops, someone uses alcohol, food, drugs, sex, TV, books, walking in nature, being social. You know, some of these are completely benign. Some of these may be a little bit more dangerous. But all of them can be methods for staying asleep. No matter how we escape, our normal response is not one of curiosity. Meaning we're not normally going, oh, look at me escaping the moment by calling a friend. No, we're just calling the friend and we're numb to what we're escaping. We don't explore it. And our practice now is to get curious. This is step one, right? Get curious. What am I feeling relief from when I engage this escape mechanism? What am I feeling relief from as I engage this escape mechanism? The second way that we avoid fear are our beliefs. The beliefs that we use to give us a sense of certainty. These might be political beliefs or social justice beliefs or religious beliefs, uh, scientific beliefs, right? Any belief that gives us, the person, a sense of rightness or correctness. Now, the problem, of course, is not the beliefs themselves, but rather the problem is how do we use these beliefs to make us feel steady, to feel grounded or in control, How do we use these beliefs to avoid feeling the discomfort of not knowing what will happen next? This one has been particularly potent for me in this moment, you know, Georgia being the first state to reopen anything. And my personal beliefs around it are that that's way too soon and irresponsible and I could go on for hours. And so the act of curiosity is to really pay attention Does what does that righteous anger prevent me from feeling, right? When I get all up on my soapbox and outraged and angry and yelling my opinions, is it trying to make me feel more in control of a moment that's totally out of control? 
And I'm not, hear me say this, I am not saying you should not get outraged about certain things and speak up and I'm not discounting the need for justice and standing up for what's right by any means. That is a talk for another day. But what I am talking about today is the curiosity of how we use those beliefs to make ourselves feel better. The last way that we avoid fear is perhaps the most tricky. This form of protection comes to us by seeking altered mind states. Some might do this through drugs, some might do this through exercise highs or extreme meditation through falling in and out of love, anything that takes us out of the mundane, the ordinary, and feels special, right? These special mind states can be so powerful because we feel above or removed from the discomfort of the everyday. So like if you have a really powerful meditation experience and you get some kind of clarity or vision or you hear a voice or something magical happens in that meditation and then the next time you meditate, you expect the exact same thing to happen. But what really happens is you write the grocery list for 20 minutes. Now we're feeling disappointed in our practice or upset with our practice we can cling to those special experiences as a way to avoid life. And what we're not trying to do is avoid life. What we're trying to do is be in our life. So sure, we get special mind states sometimes. And sure, sometimes we just write a grocery list for 20 minutes. The curiosity is, can I stay? Can I feel? Can I be curious? When I don't run from the everyday uncertainty, but rather bravely step into this cave of the unknown, the cave of mystery, and explore the nooks and crannies, what does it feel like? What do I do when I feel I can't handle what's going on? And how does it make me feel when I do that thing? It's within this exploration that we hear those whispers of compassion and self-understanding. It's within this practice that we begin to be able to acknowledge our neuroses as neuroses. This is perhaps, I don't know, the most important, but certainly an important step on the path of being open to our fear rather than resisting it, on the path to embracing the possibility of freedom. So we're going to meditate together here today. Go ahead and take a seat. You might be seated on the ground, cross-legged, or a cushion. You might find yourself seated in a chair with your feet flat on the earth, or even just in bed, reclining back against some pillows. Wherever you find yourself today, make sure that you're seated with a tall spine. Roll your shoulders back and down and let your hands rest, palm face down on the earth. When you're ready, you can let your eyes drift closed. And together as a group here, let's take a nice full inhale in. 
and exhale out a sigh. And we'll do that again, inhaling deeply, exhaling out a sigh. Allowing your breath just to fall to its own natural pace. If your hands are still against the earth, you might slide them up onto your lap. And you feel yourself settling into the comfort of your practice today. You might even begin just by silently saying to yourself, now is my time to meditate. Now is my time to meditate. And with that invitation, you feel yourself really sit, just dropping into the fullness of yourself. So there's no part of you trying to stand up or run away. You're just here. You're just here and you're just breathing. You might check in with your seat and just notice if you can relax your hips, your glutes, your thighs, just a little bit more. And sensing again into your spine to make sure you're seated upright and tall today. Maybe you can feel the crown of the head reaching up and back. And releasing the muscles through the face. Relaxing down across the brow bone and around the sockets of the eyes. Relaxing along the jawline and the lips, and even softening through the tongue and the inside of the mouth. Maybe you feel a sense of ease through the throat as you breathe in and breathe out. sense of softness or letting go across the tops of your shoulders. Maybe noticing if you can press the shoulder blades back and down just a touch. Maybe even noticing the length and the weight of your arms. Just feeling inside the arms for a moment. Breathing in and out as the muscles through the chest relax. Breathing in and out as the muscles through the belly relax. So the outer frame of our body is upright and awake. 
the inner frame of our body as reclining back into a hammock with a sense of ease and curiosity. And it's here that we'll turn our attention towards our breath. And so I want you to feel the inhale as you draw it in through both nostrils, trying it all the way into the midpoint of the brain. And then feel that breath moving right back out from the center of the brain all the way out both nostrils into the room. And just for about a minute here, we're going to follow that pathway of the breath. Inhaling through both nostrils right into the center of the brain. And exhaling, following that pathway of breath right out the nostrils and into the room. Nothing to worry about if thoughts pop up or you get distracted. Just for another minute here in silence, following this trail of breath. stay with this visual of the breath feeling this pathway of breath but you'll let the pathway shift just a bit so that as you're inhaling you're feeling the breath move in through both nostrils and letting it go all the way down into the center of the heart and as you exhale it's from the center of the heart it'll travel up to the nose and out both nostrils Feeling this pathway of breath here, inhaling in through the nose and down to the center of the heart. And exhaling from the center of the heart up and out the nose. Again, for about a minute in silence, staying with this path of breath.
can keep the flow of breath just as it is. You might find rather that the breath begins to feel as if it was coming in and out directly through the center of the chest. so that your awareness and your feeling rest directly inside the heart. And feeling your focus on the feeling of breath moving into the center of the chest. And feeling as breath moves out from the center of the chest. And it's here that we'll stay in this cave of the heart for about 10 minutes in silence. And if you get lost in a thought or a story, just let yourself be curious about what it was. Notice with a sense of interest and gently guide your awareness back to the center of the heart. Staying awake to the transition from breath to breath, from moment to moment, and from thought to thought.
bringing your awareness back if you've drifted away. Noticing with that deepening breath where your thoughts were, what your feelings were just in this moment. And letting your breath grow a little bit deeper, you might feel yourself wiggle into your fingers or your toes, shifting your posture a bit if you need. When you're ready, we'll draw our palms together in front of our hearts like a prayer, bow the chin down. Taking a moment to simply honor your experience today. Honor the bravery of stepping into that cave of the unknown, of uncertainty, and staying for a while. One final breath to clear it out, inhaling in. Exhale out a sigh. Namaste. Before we wrap up today, I just want to say a big thank you to our sponsor, Moon Organics. Moon Organics creates a beautiful, mindful line of skincare products that are handcrafted with organic botanical ingredients. I love Susan's products. And I just had the good fortune to do one of her virtual facials, which was the biggest treat in this moment of quarantine. My skin um, definitely has been showing the signs of stress, of staying at home, of not drinking enough water. And uh, this facial was just this little mini dose of luxury that was so needed in this moment. So if you are interested, check out moonorganics.com. And remember, Mindful Minute listeners save 10% on products and services using code MINDFUL10, M-I-N-D-F-U-L-10. Thanks to Susan and Moon Organics. Thanks to y'all for listening. I will talk to you on Monday. Thanks for listening to the Mindful Minute. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to me if you would take time to leave a review or share this with somebody you think would enjoy it. To learn more about my in-person and virtual offerings, visit MerylArnett.com or check me out on Instagram at MerylArnett. Thanks, y'all. See you next week.